You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. As you can probably hear, we're having minor technical difficulties. The news is still running while I'm speaking. <laughs> um, you know, I almost want to leave this running because we're going to be talking about this story any second. It sounds like it stopped. Okay. Hi everyone, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, and as you might have just heard on the news, something happened up here in Canada over this week. Um, Dave, if you don't mind, I just want to I want to start the show with uh, just really quickly going over what happened in Canada. I know that there's uh, a lot of rumor and conjecture out there. Before we uh, before I go into that, we've got a great show for you today. We have two guests who are going to be on at the same time with each other, which is kind of fun. Uh, we have Chuck Price from Measurable SEO. He's coming on to talk about Penguin. Uh, the Penguin update is upon us. So we got one of the web's premier, premier link guys coming on. Later, possibly running at the same time, possibly not. I'm really not sure how I scheduled myself. <laughs> we have... <laughs> Uh, sit down for this, guys. We have Bill Slosky coming on. Um, Bill's discovered some uh, interesting correlation stuff in Google's algorithm. I'm going to let him... Oh, co- I'm sorry, co-reference. Co-reference signals in Google's algorithm. We're going to let him talk about that towards, uh, towards the bottom of the hour. Okay, before we, before we start the show... Something happened up in Canada in the last week. A couple things, actually. On, uh, on Tuesday, a Canadian soldier, 28-year veteran of the Canadian Forces, Specialist Patrice Vincent, was uh, run down by a hit-and-run driver in Montreal, Quebec. Yesterday, uh, Corporal Nathan Sorello was gunned down 
while guarding the National War Memorial in Ottawa. The gunman then ran from the War Memorial 150 meters across the road into Canada's Parliament, where Canada's government meets. And in fact, our government and the official opposition were meeting in rooms across a hall from each other. When the gunman, you know, the gunman got into the into Parliament and was dispatched, was shot by the parliamentary sergeant at arms, Kevin Vickers. Um, the incidents were not related. They were both acts of terrorism. They were both acts done by uh, kids who were born in Canada, frighteningly enough. Anyway, that's the story. There is not a gunman running around Ottawa. It was not an organized attack. It was a copycat event. And, uh, you know, it, it was a stunning day yesterday. It took, um, it took an entire day to figure out what was going on. I think a lot of Canadians are still shocked and stunned and uh, united in admiration of uh, Sergeant-at-Arms Kevin Vicker. He's actually come up with a new slogan for uh, for Canada, sort of modeled after after uh, one of America's greatest presidents, um, Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, you know, I can't I can't help it, Dave. I, I look at uh, Sergeant at Arms Vicker, and I can't help but thinking this great quote: "Walk soft or speak softly and carry a huge mace." <laughs> Well said. Yeah. Well said. And, and you know what? I, I'm I'm going to give uh, you know on on this topic. And I it's funny I'd actually post it to Facebook. And I'm going to give credit where it's due. And you and I kind of touched on it a, a little bit before the show here. Um, anybody who follows me on Facebook, probably you you as well knows. I I, I bash our our Prime Minister uh, Harper quite a bit. Um, not a not a huge fan, but. Um, Steady hand, uh, not as, as reactionary as we've seen from, from past prime ministers, including one of my favorite, Trudeau, under similar circumstances. Um, you had brought it up. It's a, a really, really valid point of not enacting the War Measures Act, which had been done and basically like, okay, now your rights are gone and off we go. Um, there so, was a few hours there where I thought we were going to be under martial gonna, law. Yeah, Indeed. And I mean, you know, credit where it's due. Um, while uh, while I, I bash him quite a bit on, on a variety of issues. Um, on this one, I, I have to give him a, him a hat tip. He's he's responded properly, well, um, and been the leader that you'd want him to be in this context at that time. Yeah, indeed. Um, just, incidentally, a quick note to uh, those out there who might want to do Canadians harm. I want to remind you of something. We are a people who strap razor-sharp blades to our feet and go outside and play the most <laughs> brutal game ever invented at negative 20 Celsius. And when we're done beating the crap out of each other, we laugh about it over beers. You can't hurt us. <laughs> well played. You can't scare us. Anyway, that said, we have a great show coming up today. Penguin is upon us. Everybody wants to talk about Penguin. Everyone wants to know how Penguin might affect their websites, might affect Google's algorithm, might affect the whole panoply of websites that there. We're going to be talking about that. Speaking Excellent. of Google algorithms, yep. there is one person in this industry who is known like 
if anything defines this person, and incidentally, this this isn't the only thing that defines him, but if anything is going to define this guy in his career, it's going to be eating Google patents for breakfast. We have Bill Slossy coming in towards the bottom of the hour. I, yeah. I'm not sure Google knows as much about Google as Bill. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, as soon as when I had uh, first read his post, um, I thought that was, uh, you know, on, on co-references. And, and just, I guess, maybe before we, before we head into that, co-references is the idea of, of Google advancing into more conversational um, search, understanding that a sentence like, uh, you know, Jim hosts a radio show and he does a great job, that idea that he references Jim, right? And, and understanding that and in more complex, um, you know, structures that, that Google can follow these paths. Um, as soon as I read that post, I mean, he's written a lot of great material over at uh, SEO by the Sea, but um, that one just really caught me as, as critical for everybody to understand um, heading forward because this is the future of search based on, on everything else they're doing. And then hopefully Bill can let us know how this ties to some of their other technologies. Indeed. I, and, and you know what? Talking to Bill is interesting. The, the only problem with talking to Bill Slosky is you got to budget your time wisely. Because <laughs> um, the moment the guy starts talking, you want to go a hundred different directions at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Although I got to admit with trepidation only because this guy is just like so much smarter than we are. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, let's get into it. You got a you got a spare two hundred k kicking around, Dave? Oh yeah, I, I mean probably somewhere. I think it's in my other pants. But okay, yeah. well I mean if you do, you can. Oh, it's too late. Ebola dot com, the domain name Ebola dot com, sold yesterday for over two hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Won't they be in for a surprise if we actually beat it quickly, huh? I mean, what do you do? What, what do you do with Ebola dot com exactly? What do you do with that website exactly? Survival equipment. I'll bet. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, but then again, what if we? I mean, what if we? What if we actually, like, you know, beat it, uh, knock the disease like back into the deepest forests? What if we, like, you know, eradicate it like we had polio at one time? Yeah, it won't. That what suck. if? That's two hundred k down the drain. That's a hell of a bet on death, don't you think? Ugh, that's yeah. You know what? And, and would would we gamble it at the same time? I mean, you know what you? Uh, well, I guess you know I did affiliate marketing. Um, you, I know you, you know your your uh, your share of it. I don't know how involved you you were in it, but um, it would not take a lot of sales. You you, you could make that back pretty fast. Is is what I'm going to say? <laughs> like if you know done properly, you, you could make good and. Um, you know, if, if it, uh, if the paranoia can last more than, uh, you know, a, a couple more, uh, months, uh, then it's there. But, you know, as, as I saw on uh, Facebook, I think uh, your friend of mine, Tom Craver posted it, uh, Kim Kardashian has been married to more people in the States than have had, uh, Ebola. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not quite sure what exactly those people have, but it's not Ebola. <laughs> it's called lawyer, lawyeritis. <clears throat> okay. Um, 68, according to Barry Schwartz in uh, SEO Roundtable, 68% of video results have been removed or demoted in Google search results. Um, what was it, like thin content or something? Yeah. 
Like seriously, what ha- what happened to all the videos? Why 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 are they doing this? What's what's the what's the deal, Google? What do you reckon? Um, I don't know. I get this one's a pretty easy one to me um, to sort of see. I guess kind of what they would they would be doing because the metrics are so easy from video to understand, right? Like whereas you look at say a, a page of content on a website, um, it, it's really really hard for Google to understand. How fast did somebody gather the information they wanted from that that page? Right, the answer might have been right up at the top. Stick times might be low, but that's you know only because they're getting a good deliverable. With videos, I think it's it's a lot easier. The intent of any given video is for you to watch it through. Um, so if you don't, then they know <laughs> that that was a bad video. Um, and I think they're probably getting a, a lot of uh, fly. I know I've had some some headaches from them. Is they need to with with the amount of ads that they're putting in there now, and and you know, I'm sure you've seen it on YouTube and and the such. With the amount of advertising we're having to deal with on video, it better be bleeding good when I get there. <laughs> like you're making me watch a you know thirty second ad, or at worst, you know have to sit through five before I click skip they better refine this algorithm because I want it to be a good video when I sit through it. Honestly, you think that could have something to do with it? Google is culling the herd, so to speak, to make sure that only great videos are there so people are more likely to watch them through? Oh, I I would say so. I mean, I I don't think it's that they want to make sure that they watch them through. I think it's more a watching them through as an indicator of a good video. If I only watch 15 seconds of a video, I probably didn't like it. And that 30 seconds I had to invest on watching an ad first is not making me a happy camper. Okay, (laughs) but but given that YouTube is virtually the only game in town when it comes to video search, I mean, not that YouTube is the only video search engine out there, but... You know, much like Google is the only search engine that matters. Sorry, Bing, but you know it's true. Um, it's the same with other other search engines around YouTube. YouTube is uh, video search engines around YouTube. YouTube is the one that matters. Yep. Um, and you so know it's what? Not like the users had a lot of other choices, right? They really don't. But you know what? Hat tip. Um, here, if they are doing what what I think they're doing here, which I, I think is a great call. Um, you know, credit to Google. Don't rest on your laurels. Just because you're the only game in town, once upon a time, Google didn't exist, right? Once upon a time, MySpace dominated social, right? I mean, you know, the, just because they may always dominate search, or at least for the foreseeable future, doesn't mean they own video. Um, and their analytics has got to be telling them something along those lines for them to make such a massive culling. Um and, you know, I mean, at worst, it's just them going, hey, people should get good stuff. <laughs> Maybe it's just a natural culling and not targeting towards the fact that people are watching ads and, and they're just trying to, you know, improve their video experience. Um, but, I mean, you know, e- either way, this is it's got to be, you know, kept. and let's remember, this is also being called from their, um, you know, Google search results. So if they have a bad result here, like a bad video, they've actually double lost because they lost on the AdWords on the search itself, and then they've lost on the ad injected into the video. So that's that's two ads that they've lost out on, um, or two ad opportunities. So if they really need to make sure that their video search, um, the video search ad, or the video results in Google search um, are, are, are sort of top notch because it's, it's where they get to double dip. Indeed. Wow. So they must be very serious about it. No, I would if I made twice as much money off that as anything else. <laughs> Indeed. I'd spend twice as much time looking at it. That makes That's good right. sense, actually. 
Okay, one more story, and then we're going to go to our first. We're actually they're going to have to go to break, and then come with uh, with uh, Chuck Price. But this is a good segue into uh, getting Chuck on the air. According to John Mueller from Google, Penguin 3.0, which is most certainly upon us, will affect less than one percent of queries, and it's going to take a few weeks for the rollout to complete. But it's going to affect only 1% of queries. I hate when Google says this. What, what do you make of that statement? 1%? Um, what does that uh, mean? I think what it's... This is one of the most misleading statements, I think, that exists. <laughs> if, you, if you understand it, because it's, it's all how do you put your queries into context. So what I instinctively hear from that is 1% of the time that I enter a query into Google, I should see an impact. That's, that's your instinctive take on on what that means it's not one percent of queries is the total number of queries sort of in in aggregate so if something has one trillion searches per month it's treated the same as some obscure long tail with one right it's the total number of queries so obviously they're going to be targeting in their sort of tweaks on the things with the most manipulation those things are the highest searches so for them to say it's impacting 1% of queries is very different than them saying it impacts 1% of searches. Uh, you know what? Totally agree. And I want to take a step, a step aside from that. This is a link evaluation algorithm. We know that Google works in part by figuring how much one link from one document to another is worth. Mm-hmm. The web is called the web because all the documents are kind of linked together, which is why they call it the web. Right. Everyone is linked to everyone is linked to everyone to say this is going to affect 1% of queries neglects the fact that it has to, by nature, affect all websites except ones that aren't linked to anything. <laughs> right, and we wouldn't know about them anyway. Well, but you see what I mean, right? Like if I Google exactly. reevaluate, say you're connected to, to a page through like a three-link chain, Google's evaluation of that page will affect, will affect the evaluation of the first page it links to, which will affect the evaluation of the second page it links to, which is the one that links to you. Right. It has to affect you in one way or another. Indeed. I, I totally agree. And um, that's a great point to bring up for our listeners as well. Uh, anyway, the only, the only thing I'm just taking, taking issue with is this statement, 1% of queries. Like you say, it's insanely misleading. Yeah. No, it, it is. And it, you know what? This is, this is the way Google works. And I think once your brain is tuned to it, it's okay. But for our listeners who, who might be newer to the industry, when Google, anybody from Google opens their mouth and says something, you have to look at the most literal interpretation and then look at all the variants of the ways it could be skewed outside that and assume that it's one of those outside variants is actually the truth. And um, we'd call that trust rank, except Google already stole the phrase. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? We could talk about this like till we're blue in the face, but there's uh, that'd be kind of silly because in a couple of minutes we're going to be bringing on somebody who's legitimately an expert in how links work. We got Chuck Price from Measurable SEO. Um, when he's not dealing with uh, people's websites and link patterns, he's talking at conferences about dealing with people's websites and link patterns. So he's going to be coming up after the break, um, either concurrently or on his own. We're going to be having Bill Slossy come on as well. Um, 
and Bill's made some interesting discoveries. Uh, Dave, you're going to have a big announcement to close out the show. But yep. before we can get to uh, Chuck and to Bill and to Dave's big announcement, we got to take we got to take a break here on Webcology. So you got to listen to these messages. And when we come back, you'll be hearing me, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO, joined by Chuck Price from Measurable SEO. Stay tuned back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 23rd of October, 2014. And uh, note to studio, never tell the show hosts or the show guests just before coming back from break that there might be 30 million some odd people listening. It makes us nervous. Anyway. Um, it does. It freaks me out. Just freaks me right out. <laughs> okay, we're back. And not only are we back, we are back. And many of us, certainly 
1% of us doing queries are beset by penguins. Penguins here, penguins there. Um, the penguin update, which had, like, you know, taken a whole year and then some to, uh, to refresh itself, started refreshing sometime last week. We have on the, on the line one of the industry's, like, recognized link champs, uh, Chuck Price from Measurable SEO. And as I said before going to break, when Chuck isn't thinking about how websites link to each other and how Google considers it, or thinking about your website, he's at a conference talking about how websites link to each other. <laughs> Chuck, welcome to Webcology. What the heck is going on? Well, thank you, Jim, and I really appreciate the opportunity to come on this afternoon. That 30 million figure kind of freaks me out, so good morning, afternoon, or evening to the audience. <laughs> they say hi, but they, they overshoot each other. <laughs> so, Chuck, what's, what is it with... Uh, with pe- okay, I have so many questions I want to ask. Number one, what is Penguin? Okay, well, what Penguin is, is Penguin is a... Um, it's not a penalty. And that's one thing that people have to understand. When, when we're talking about a penalty, we're re- really talking about a manual action uh, that Google will take against the site. And sometimes it will be for unnatural links uh, or some other uh, reason outside for a website not following the webmaster guidelines. What Penguin is is an algorithm. So what's happening is it's part, it, it doesn't run with the normal refresh or the normal Google algorithm. It's a periodic algorithm, which, as you had alluded to, refreshes periodically. Now, oddly enough, the period can range anywhere from a couple months to a full year, which is what we just saw. And um, there's been a certain amount of confusion around this latest update as to whether or not it's, uh, it's actually an update or a refresh. And as you know, words have meanings, and trying to pin Google down as to, you know, what it was is a is a refresh. Uh, people in the industry seem to think that, and I would agree that a refresh is just pushing out that periodic algorithm as it ran the last time. Whereas an update, they've had a full year to update or improve that algorithm. There's no indication that there's been any changes or improvements to that algorithm. Oh no! Okay, so so to, to take so sort of take your own words. It's been a whole year. Are, are you trying to, to suggest that this is, in fact, not a new version of Penguin, but a, re, a, re, a reiteration of the one we saw last year? To this point, that's the way it looks. Now, let, and, and you had brought up a point earlier where this, you know, where this affects 1% of all English uh, language websites. Actually, that's not exactly what they said. What they, well, said, they said was queries. They said queries. Less than one percent of queries I'm sorry it affects less than one percent so that could be one-tenth of one percent that could be (laughs) nine-tenths of one percent that's a huge spread in basis points okay so um, I know we're asking you to to try to give us clarity from one of the most opaque companies ever (laughs) boy um, you said that what's the uh what can you give us? I mean, like, what do we know about this version of well, here's, Penguin? Well, here, here's what I've seen, and I've, I've definitely seen a pattern uh, from the people who have contacted me, and I've had several inquiries starting, you know, when I woke up last uh, Saturday morning, 
my inbox was just filled with inquiries from people that uh, had been hit by this latest uh, iteration of Penguin. So I instantly knew something was up, and with the people that I've spoken with and, and the backlinks that I've looked at so far, there seems to be one very common uh, uh, pattern. One of the things is that a lot of people bought their links from Fiverr. Can you imagine that? I don't even know what to say about that, actually. What? <laughs> um, yeah, you Fiverr. don't buy anything from Fiverr that's worth anything. Yeah, so I mean, I, I've kind of nicknamed this the Fiverr update. And when I, you know, one one of the tools that I use to take a look at uh, backlink profiles is Ahrefs. And if you go into their dashboard or their overview area, whatever they call it, there's a map on there, and I can immediately establish if somebody's been hit by the Fiverr update or this Penguin 3.0 update when I look at that map. So if I take a look at the map and I see that Russia is dark and I see that, uh, that China is dark, and I see that Brazil is dark. That seems to be the, the trifecta right there. Russia, China, Brazil. My first question to the client is, have you brought, bought links from Fiverr? And the answer is invariably yes. So that <laughs> is a definite pattern that's been established. The other thing we can take a look at is the keyword cloud. And when we're looking at the keyword cloud, another commonality, especially with these Fiverr links, is that one of the top keywords, I have no idea what, what the word is because it's two Chinese symbols. And for all I know, these people on Fiverr are screwing with people, putting a big <laughs> F-U up. I don't know. <laughs> then the other, then the other the keyword other is some, some Russian word. And I'm, I don't speak Russian either, so I, I don't know exactly what's going on here, but it's, it's a really weird pattern, and it's very easy to spot. Oh, okay, so, um, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm almost, this is weird, I'm almost speechless. I can't believe people would, would, would do link building off of Fiverr to begin with. But then when they did, they get what are obviously, like, not, not, not maybe kind of, sort of, but obviously deceptive links. Yes. No. There's there's no question about it. These are all these are all links that would fall outside the webmaster guidelines. These are non English language uh, links or on non English language pages pointing to English language pages. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And and again, you know, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of the people who are buying these Fiverr links, they're small business people. They aren't that sophisticated in SEO. Somebody somewhere told them that they needed links. They started looking into links. They found an easy and cheap way to get them. And you know what? They worked. That's the worst part. For the last year during this iteration of, uh, you know, since there's been a Penguin refresh, these links have gotten people to number one and number two positions on the first page of Google. Well, okay. So that makes me want to immediately take a caution and say and ask. If Google sticks true to its behavior, you're saying it did not issue a new Penguin update, but issued a reiteration of what it what it had issued last year. That's what, what we've happens, seen so far. Yes. What happens in the interim between today and the next update? Well, it's funny because, and and you may have seen this. There's some chatter on some of the you know, webmaster forums that uh, things were shaking up and percolating a little bit uh, last evening. 
Uh, Google themselves has said this is going to be a, ro- a slow rollout. It's going to roll out over weeks. Now, is this rolling out in, in phases where you know, they, they want to be very careful and only, only affect the most egregious links uh, you know, and the, most, um, uh, the, the sites that are the most, I don't know, going against the guidelines? I don't know how to oh. phrase that, but uh, that, you know, are they going to go after those first and just kind of keep turning the dial up a little bit till they well, go too know. far? I mean, by nature, by nature, wouldn't Penguin have to be at least a two-pass update? I was going off of last year's evaluation of, of uh, web links. So it has to review what it thinks of those links. That's pass number one. But when it changes its, uh, its opinion of those links, that immediately changes its opinion of pages that those links direct to. It has to do pass number two. You're exactly right. And I think that they're having so much difficulty trying to figure out how to tweak this and not cause a bunch of collateral damage that uh, that is taking a really long time to do a genuine update. How do people prevent themselves from becoming collateral damage in this period that Google's running its update? How do they, how do they react to it without um, hurting themselves? Well, I think I think everybody has to proactively do a link audit, and uh, yeah, and not buy from five. Uh, but uh, proactively, you want to you know make sure that you're doing a periodic link audit, and um, you know just make sure that uh, that you're not doing anything outside of the webmaster guidelines. Everybody should read the webmaster guidelines. Everybody should understand the webmaster guidelines. And if you feel a little funny and you're not sure if you're stepping over the line, you're probably stepping over the line. <laughs> um, Okay, I got one more question to you. We got to bring Bill Slosky in too, but I got, I got a quick question for you before we bring Bill in. A website audit is actually—I mean—that's much easier, easier said than done. It's a, a, website, a website and a link audit is is, is incredibly detailed. Yep. Um, what I, I can't ask you to outline all the steps because there's too many. But what's the most essential step? What, what's something they, that you got to do to do? Well, a prop- I mean, yeah, you know, the the thing that you got to do is you just you have to look for the most egregious of links. So, I mean, you know, there there are different tools out there, publicly available tools that allow you to run all your links through and wash them, and they all spit out some sort of an algorithm. And, and I guess the main caution is there: most of those tools do a pretty good job. None of the tools are perfect, and you need to, except for the the most egregious of all links, the ones that you can tell are just absolute crap, you're going to have to do a manual review. And I, I guess the last piece of advice is one that Matt Cutts gave. When you're going through and you're doing these link audits and you're cutting links, think of machete, not scalpel. And don't kid yourself, you know, because Google, if you think that you're going to get one by Google, you're wrong. <laughs> okay, now, now Barry Schwartz might might disagree with the machete thing. He's 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 consistently said that he worries about throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Well, yeah, what do you, you think know about what? that? I, we we've done we've a bunch done of manual penalties in addition to these algorithmic ones, ones, and I've and discovered through that, that process that you you've got to use a machete. Okay, so it makes a lot more sense to hire somebody than to try to do it yourself, given. How you know you got to be pretty attentive to to do a full audit, right? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, yeah, I 
Yeah, it, it, not not to be self-promoting, but you know, if not us, deal with somebody that's a special specialist in the field. And when you deal with somebody that specializes in this, you know, they they get a sense for what is real and what is not. What's going to fly? What is not? They'll have tools in place in order to ensure that you're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but you're cutting is you know sometimes you got to cut pretty damn close to the bone in order to get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Chuck, can we get you to stick around for a few minutes? We're, we have to take a break, and and while we're on break, we're gonna we're gonna try to get uh, Barry Schwartz on the line. Oh, I would love Barry. to. Oh my goodness, not Barry Bill Schwartz. Slosky. Bill Slosky. <laughs> I am so sorry, Barry and Bill. I never confuse you guys. Um, <laughs> Bill's the taller one, right? Um, <laughs> okay, I'm Chuck, sure can Bill we get you to stick around? We are going to be getting um, Bill Slosky <laughs> on the phone, but we got to go to break while we do that. So, friends, stick around. You just heard one of the one of the industry's link experts tell you a little bit about Penguin. Now we got one of the industry experts to tell you a lot about a new algorithm, another facet of Google's algorithm. But before we get there, you got to listen to these messages. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. It is the twenty third of October, twenty fourteen. Stay tuned. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Oncology. We'll be back after this short break. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, so social the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your facebook contest and sweepstakes create a fun easy to win contest by writing a simple facebook post watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction track your traffic and generate email lists with ease so social is mobile friendly and complies with facebook terms of service let so social give your facebook page some flash today zoom over to zosocial.com Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. 
So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, uh, joined now by, uh, by the just in, uh, Bill Slosky from SEO by the Sea, and uh, Chuck Price has remained with us. Thanks very much, Chuck. Um, Bill, I, I read your latest post. As you know, I, I'm a huge fan, of, uh, huge fan of your works. I find it, it helps me keep up on, on what's, what's coming in the future. For our audience that doesn't read SEO by the Sea, it's a great blog. Um, but you wrote one. Um, it just went live uh, yesterday. As soon as I read it, I was like, I, I got to drag Bill on the show. Um, and you were, you were kind enough to join us. It's on co-references. Let's maybe start there. What are co-references? Co-references are when uh, uh, somebody writes something and they refer to something more than once using different names for it. So maybe maybe a full name than maybe a pronoun. Uh, who is Barack Obama married to? Uh, what's her name? Gotcha. Now, how right. does this relate to search? Um, like, why, why should we as search marketers care about stuff like this? That's a really good question. Uh, Google, when it, when it brought out Hummingbird last year, told us that they uh, wanted to do a number of things with it. One of them was they were moving towards a more mobile web, a more conversational web, one where people might speak their queries, or people might write longer, more complex queries. Another, another where, where people might uh, uh, engage in more conversational type uh, approaches to looking things up. So, so sometimes they might ask more than one question involving the same topic or concept or idea, and they might refer to it uh, uh, in the in the second question or subsequent questions by a pronoun. They may not, you know. Uh, so Eric Anke wrote a uh, article uh, this week where he talked about the knowledge graph and advances on the knowledge graph. And he ended with an example of uh, someone searching for the height of the Eiffel Tower. No, the Empire State Building. Uh, Google's example was the Eiffel Tower. So Eric uh, used the example of how tall is the Empire State Building. And he followed that up with a query that didn't even really have a pronoun in it. He just sort of implied it. He he asked pictures, and we got pictures of the Empire State Building. So uh, the idea here is that Google is becoming uh, a more semantic uh, search engine. It it understands meanings better. Uh, it's really striving to understand when people uh, ask a question, what the answer might be, and what, might, what the answer might be to a follow-up question, if it depends in part on the first question. Okay, so is, um, Bill, is Google doing this because 
it's expecting us to speak our query into our phone? Or is it doing it because the nature of uh, queries are changing as people type them in? I think that uh, the really short keywords that we've been using for years are are the unnatural thing. That it's more natural and more common for people to actually uh, say more and and ask uh, uh, longer questions. My sister told me a couple weeks ago that She's been pretending that Google is ask.com, and she's been giving it long queries, and it's uh, been working better than ever for her. That's very yeah. interesting. Okay, so people are becoming, Is this, do you reckon that users are just becoming more comfortable in the environment, so they're being more effusive in, the, in, in, in their queries? You know, I think uh, Google's gotten better at understanding the context of a query. Uh, and it's, it's a combination of, of uh, understanding when certain words or phrases should be replaced by synonyms or substitutes, but it's also taking uh, uh, clues from a query. So when you ask something like, where's the best place to get uh, Chicago-style, get and eat Chicago-style deep-dish pizza, uh, Google says, okay, you're looking for a place. Now, a place could be, and you're looking for a place where you can get pizza and you can eat it. So that's got to have something to do with food. It could be a restaurant. It could be a pizzeria. It could be a store. Uh and and uh, Google tries to understand what place is and replace it with a synonym that makes sense. In this case, that might be a pizzeria, uh, based on the context of the rest of the query. So uh, Google's attempting to not only uh, understand but understand things in context. You know, uh, a car is an automobile. A car is an auto, unless it's a railroad car. And unless it's like an autoplay alarm clock, right? Uh, words can be synonyms, but not always. They, they have to fit within the right context. So Google's trying to understand the context better. Uh, so this whole thing with co-references, the thing that I really found interesting was as I started looking through uh, papers that people at Google had worked on to explain what a co-reference is and how, how they might understand one. Uh, one of the papers said, you know, one of the places we go find these co-references and, and try to understand them better in an automated manner where we don't have to uh, supervise the computers as they train themselves and as they learn is Wikipedia. And we, we will look at the anchor text in Wikipedia because anchor text usually tends to point to pages uh, that are about the thing, uh, the anchor text in a link. You know, so so if you have a, a page about Barack Obama, there's a link in there to Michelle Obama, and the anchor text points out her as an entity who's who's related to Barack Obama. So the the uh, this co-reference, this idea that that uh, uh, Michelle Obama could be a she, uh, 
is is sort of built into Wikipedia in a way that that a computer can uh, uh, make sense of. You know, okay. can 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 well, sort of like co-index those concepts. Well, that 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 has to lead to a question. That actually, it's it, it's great that Chuck stuck around because that has to lead to a question involving mm-hmm. you know links, anchor text, the construction of links, and how webmasters should be reacting. To, to the news, you know, Google is is getting better at understanding um, semantic or contextualizing semantic meetings. How do you think that's mm-hmm. going to affect links in the future? You know, that example using Wikipedia. Wikipedia is sort of a known knowledge base that that Google uses. It's it's constructed in a manner that's really consistent. You know, every page title in Wikipedia is about the subject matter of that page. The uh, yep. anchor text in a link pointed to a page usually tends to be about uh, what is whatever is named in the anchor text. Uh, there are a few other sites like that. Internet Movie Database tends to be a lot like that. Uh, Yahoo Finance tends to be a lot like that too. Uh, you know, so maybe this isn't quite the normal garden variety website. These things that, that tend to be known as really consistent like that. They have info boxes with templates that, that uh, tend to always use uh, the same words when they describe something like like somebody's date of birth. Wikipedia that, always uses date of birth. Well, indeed, that's an, that's an example of a website, uh, websites that follow really strict information protocol. Right. Uh, okay, an encyclopedia so, entry has to look like the next encyclopedia entry, right? Mm-hmm. So we have something that's sort of close to that, and it's something that webmasters can add on on top of uh, the formatting, the templates, the structures that they use, which is schema markup. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 schema is uh, schema metadata is is built for specific industries. So there's one type of schema that came out on that, that's an automotive schema. Uh, it's just really, really recent addition. Uh, and, and people who, uh, deal with websites that involve automobiles can use the automotive schema. And it makes it much more likely that, uh, the content they want captured by a search engine is going to be captured by it. Uh, so we're, we're sort of evolving in two different channels with Google and with search. We've, we've got uh, Google crawling web pages, collecting text and pictures and so on from the pages, uh, trying to analyze it and make sense of it, uh, trying to rank it by looking at things like links. Maybe uh, it gets a little bit fancier than that and uses something like a phrase-based indexing or or so on, but but it's sort of the uh, the old uh, web search query type uh, search that we know, where we ask a question and we find a, a page that's about that, and we can go look at the page for more information. Well, there's a whole semantic web that's a little bit different. It's it's uh, much more focused upon. Uh, Crawlers crawling over data instead of web pages, and it's it's a lot like uh, local search in many ways. Now, local search rankings, uh, the map uh, ranking pack rankings, don't really depend upon links. 
they depend upon something called location prominence or how uh which which is sort of a measure of how many times uh a business name might be mentioned on the web with some geographic uh location information associated with it uh, so this this crawling over data means that that Google is also trying to index objects it finds on the web uh maybe maybe uh specific entities we 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 see this most clearly in places like the knowledge panel when you search for somebody for instance like uh Abraham Lincoln you'll see a, a knowledge panel listing for him it'll show some facts related to them some pictures that you can look at uh other things that people search for when they often search for Abraham Lincoln. So Google's not only grabbing data from the web itself, it's also looking at user behavior data. It's seeing what other things people might search for when they search for Abraham Lincoln. Since uh, Lincoln was the tallest U.S. president, it's six foot four. Uh, he's the only president I've seen that has an actual uh, height listed in his knowledge panel. Uh, because it's something that people tend to search for a lot. Uh, now, Google sometimes will include other searches. Uh, so if you search for, like, ESPN Sports, they'll have uh, seven or eight broadcasters listed at the bottom of that knowledge panel with links to more information about them. So it attempts to anticipate your queries. Uh, now, much, much like it tries to understand those pronouns... It's it's sort of uh, uh, capturing what your next wish might be. Now, we've only got uh, a couple of, and it's funny because there were two directions I wanted to go, and I'm going to skip past one of them, which was to, to talk a little bit about their uh, robotics acquisitions, just because I think that, that ties nicely. But I want to, because you're, you're, you've probably forgot more about patents last night than I've ever known. Um, you know, <laughs> okay. what do we have uh, coming? What are, what are some specific, um, patent, you know, I, I've certainly noticed they come in, in gluts of types. So what, what are the directions? What are the areas of Google's recent, um, patent filings that we should be paying attention to, to, to get an understanding of where we're going to be two, three, four, ten 10 years from now? Okay. How about I merge the stream and give you an answer that actually touches upon both of those. Uh, do you remember the movie I Robot, where the robots are gathered together in a, a big warehouse? Sure do. Okay, so imagine that you have one robot out in the world, learning how to cook, learning how to uh, wash clothes, sweep floors, uh, uh -oh. drive cars. It doesn't know. It's not that smart. Most of these robots aren't going to be that smart. They're looking to uh they're they're doing the old call a friend thing they're reaching out to the cloud they're learning how to do stuff by uh looking at a knowledge base in the cloud that tells them uh how much a can of coca-cola uh weighs and, and how tightly they should squeeze it when they pick it up uh, how they should move a broom correctly. They, they, they don't figure this stuff out on their own. If they can help it, they learn it from, uh, other robots that maybe oh have God. done that before. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, so, so that big knowledge base, that, that ro robotic knowledge base, it's, it's, you know, you, you get one robot learning 
all those things and that big warehouse filled with robots they all know how to do it now um incidentally friends bill just taught you how to make a million dollars he really did if, if you actually heard what he said which, oh my goodness wow my head is rolling with that and unfortunately we're cl- we are we're seconds to the end of the show um, though I didn't mean to cut you off like that, man, but like we are literally, we're seconds to the end of the show, and that was an incredibly profound thing you just said. Um, we gotta, we're going to have to pick this up later. I'm sorry. We have a hard news break, and we have a, a live show coming coming right up after us, so we're, we will have to pick this up. Chuck, I'm sorry we weren't able to get back to you. I really wanted to find out how you felt about... Um, link building and what's clearly a new paradigm for Google. Yeah, uh, there's there's definitely link building implications to Hummingbird and Semantic Web. Uh, maybe another time. Absolutely. Okay. Friends, there's going to be another time. But until then, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. You were listening to Webcology. We had Chuck Price from Measurable SEO, Bill Slosky from SEO by the Sea, and uh, big thanks to Brasco and, uh, and Aussie Webmaster out there in the studio keeping all this together. Stick around, folks. Great content coming up on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're going to be back here next week. Have an amazing week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. <laughs>